Hey there, it's Kate Swoboda, also known as Kate Courageous. I'm the creator of YourCourageousLife.com, the director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at TeamCLCC.com, and I'm the author of the book, The Courage Habit, which is available at booksellers everywhere and of course at Amazon. And as you might have guessed, I'm the host of this podcast, the Your Courageous Life podcast. We're going to talk about going after what you want and living a more courageous, emotionally resilient life. I might drop a couple of F-bombs, so don't listen with your kids in the backseat. And here we go. Hey, hey there, everybody. Get ready for some fun, because today we're going to talk about how to know when to quit. That's a tough one, right? It's all this, uh, hmm, do I quit? Do I, do I not? Am I giving up too soon? What can I take responsibility for? And how do I quit gracefully if I decide that I need to quit? And how will I deal with regret if I decide that I need to quit? And then I'm like, ah, I shouldn't have quit. All right, how to know when to quit. So, I mean, first thing I got to say is, by nature, I am not a quitter. I tend to feel like in self-help, more people should be a little open about their personal biases. (laughs) And I have a personal bias uh, around not quitting. That's just me. Um, Something really tenacious in me has largely always known for as long as I can remember that dogged stubbornness can be something of a roadmap. Even when you don't know where you're going, there are more gifts and unexpected surprises from just seeing things through, not quitting, than from from quitting. I think often you can only make sense of the gifts in hindsight. So a lot of people have mostly strengthened their reflexive muscle for quitting when things get challenging. That's the muscle they've been practicing. That's the muscle they've been making really strong and building over and over and over. And often when that muscle gets really strong for a person, they have multiple examples where they've realized that it's to their detriment to quit only after they've been practicing quitting for most of their lives. And and I've tried to strengthen the opposite muscles. Stay, lean in, lean in deeper. Dig deeper. Find it. Find the part of you that will not buckle. Go to the core. I think there's a ton of value in that. I value it highly. I I would never want to let that part of me go. And it's for that reason that that's the muscle I've practiced for so long that I have not always understood how to know when to quit when it was totally the thing I needed to do. And it even happened recently that I truly needed to quit something. And I didn't want to quit because I'm not a quitter. I want to go deeper. I want to lean in more. I want to get the gift from seeing this all the way through. But, you know, I truly needed to quit something. And then going through that process of truly needing to quit something had me thinking about all the times when I've worked with a client or talked to a friend about these decisions of how to know when to quit. When it was the right decision to quit, what did those scenarios have in common? 
when it was just being a quitter and giving up on something due to fear or giving up when the going gets tough, usually fear of failure, by the way, is, is a huge part of why people quit and not understanding that there's a lot of value in learning from failure, trying to avoid failure instead of learning from failure. What do those scenarios have in common? So again, when it's the right decision to quit, I began thinking about things friends had told me, clients had told me, my own personal experience, and putting into this big amalgamated, what is the pattern? What do these these scenarios have in common when it's the right decision to quit versus when it's just quitting because it's hard and you lose out? So here's what I found when I investigated how to know when to quit. And so I am hoping that today's podcast episode gives anybody who's thinking of quitting something some great insight into knowing when it is or is not the right decision for them and how to really tell the difference between those times when you quit something and you look back later and go, oh, wish I would have stayed in that versus the times when you got to quit something because you got to make some space or free up some room for something else to come in. I began making this list of all the things that I was learning about how to know when to quit. But I have to say that I don't think that it's just one of these items on the list, but it's really a combination of all or many of these factors that will let you know it's time to quit a relationship, a job, a living situation, some other circumstance. And the podcast episode prior to this one You might want to listen to that. If you didn't, it's all about navigating a big personal transition. And I do think that these two topics are connected because when you are navigating a big personal transition, the voice of fear will tell you to quit. (laughs) The voice of fear will say, this is too hard. We're not going to get through this. What's the point? You messed it up. So there's no point in continuing. You're not up to the task. And so you really have to understand that Being in that messy middle is hard and is inevitably going to come with times where you feel like, I don't know if I can make it through this. I need to quit. And so you really want to think about if I'm in a personal transition, there's a real cost to quitting. And and so you want to listen to that podcast episode and be really aware of what fear says when you are going through a life transition. And now today I'm going to talk about how to know when to quit. Here's what I came up with. This is a big one, by the way. The first one, quit when people are being assholes, (laughs) despite your best efforts to engage with them differently. So again, it's not going to be just one of these. You're never going to go through life and have a situation where nobody's an asshole, right? Like in any marriage, in my own marriage, which is a really great marriage, Sometimes myself or my husband, one or the other of us, and occasionally both of us at the same time, we behave like assholes. We've had entire months or years where we have both behaved like assholes. So it is it is not about I leave because someone was an asshole. I leave because my boss is an asshole. It's about you quit when people are chronically being assholes despite your best efforts to engage with them differently. So you have tried to wave the flag and say, let's pause the warfare here. 
Let, you know, you've tried to meet them where they're at. You've tried to use respectful communication. You've tried to negotiate. So you, you quit when people are being assholes, despite your best efforts to engage with them differently and or your best efforts to stay in your personal power. So you, in other words, you've tried to see if you can work out a different way of being with their cooperation and they are not cooperating, or you've taken on their behavior as your personal challenge and decided to learn all you can about not letting them get to you and or practicing compassion. And instead of feeling like you're learning something about yourself or you're expanding your ability to be with difficult behavior, you've worn yourself thin. So I think there's a lot of value in deciding to be something of a courage warrior in the face of people's crappy behavior and go, you know what? I'm going to look at this behavior as an opportunity for myself, not to change them, but to stretch into not letting people get to me or to stretch into practicing compassion. That is a very worthy thing to do. But if you're doing that and you're doing that, you're doing that, you're doing that, you're doing that, and you've given it a real go and you find that you are giving it all you got, yet you're getting worn thin, they're continuing to either be passive aggressive or aggressive aggressive, you're getting into a situation where it's just not even effective. It's not a valuable use of your time to continue in those situations. That's one way to know when to quit. Here's another one. Quit when there's no personal fulfillment f coming from the situation despite your best efforts to stay in your personal power. So again, this is another one of those scenarios. We can look at difficult situations as a calling to go into that warrior mode and hone our own resilience. And that's when not quitting can give incredible value. I'll use a slightly different example. If you're training for a marathon and you are frequently sore and tired, you're going to have thoughts of giving up. So the question has to be, is running itself fulfilling for you? Or is leaning into a huge personal challenge like running a marathon fulfilling to you? Can you, can you try to find a place where running is more fulfilling? Can you try to find a place where the gold for you in this situation, not the goal, the gold, like the gold shiny stuff, the gold in life for you is about deciding to see something through. Because if you can find those places, you strengthen your own personal resilience. A huge sign, by the way, is noticing how you are when you're not tired. Everyone has thoughts of quitting when they are tired. So when, if you've decided to start a business and when everything's going well and you're not tired, you're like, wow, this is pretty cool. But then when things don't go so well and you're feeling tired, you're like, I don't know, I can't do this. I want to quit. There's no personal fulfillment here. It's kind of like, eh, no, I question that a little bit. It's when things are going well and you still aren't finding the personal fulfillment that there's a sign that you might need to quit. So lean in first. I think we are a culture that gives up way too easily on just about everything. Lean in first. And then if that doesn't seem to reap any rewards for you, it might be time to quit. All right. 
Uh, here's, here's another one. Related, slight nuance. Quit when the challenges of the situation are not necessary to pave the way for what comes next. So here's an example that I was thinking about. In running the coach training program that I am the director of, the Courageous Living Coach Certification, I've seen that nine times out of 10, maybe 9.9 .9 times out of 10, if that's possible, the coaches who join us, are they're wild about coaching, yet they are not wild about learning about marketing. I was never wild about learning about marketing. It's still my least favorite thing about running a business. I can't think of a, a single coach friend of mine even who loved the heart-centered work of coaching and was also like, oh, yay, marketing, let me learn about that. Yet, if you're going to do anything entrepreneurial with coaching, learning about marketing is going to be a necessary challenge to pave the way for what comes next. You doing this work that you love and not being holed up with a commute and a cubicle each day. So if the challenge you are facing right now is not necessary for what comes next, quit away. If you can figure out how to be a financially successful entrepreneurial life coach without ever having to do marketing, quit learning about marketing and quit doing marketing. And by the way, please tell the rest of us <laughs> how you, what you figured out. We want to know. So if the challenge you're facing is not necessary for what will come next, quit. But it, if, it, if it is necessary, and particularly if it is temporary, as the learning curve for marketing is, it is temporary. You will put some time into learning about it, and it's not going to feel forever and ever the way it does when you first start. And you're like, I can't even write my bio. Like the day will come when you're like, huh, I need to update my bio. Feels a little tricky, but okay, here's what I want to say. That day will come. So if it's necessary for what comes next, and particularly if it is temporary, then please dig in deeper and don't give up. If the marriage that you want to turn around, if the troubles that will come from getting in there and working it through are temporary but necessary, lean in. If you are trying to organize your life, your inbox, your closets, if there is temporary but necessary chaos as you start pulling everything out of that closet, lean in, dig deeper. And as everybody who's ever had a newborn will tell you, it gets better. <laughs> the, the, the days of having a newborn and feeling like, what the hell did I just do with my life? I can't sleep. I'm covered in spit up and there's a baby crying. I have no idea what to do. It's temporary dig in. You can do this. Here's number four on the list that I have concocted. Quit when you answer the question, if this all worked out the way I would want it to, would I stay in this? With the answer, no. So if you ask yourself, if this difficult situation that I'm in or challenge that I'm facing, if it all worked out the way I would want it to, would I stay in this? And the answer is no. You know that something's up. I'll give a similar example. Particularly in the earliest years of starting my coaching business, I would hit these walls of resistance. And doing the hard but necessary work of growing what I was doing through marketing, I would think, 
like, I hate this, not the coaching, not the clients, but I hate the marketing thing. I want to quit. And it wasn't coaching that I hated. It was the marketing that I hated. So I would ask myself, okay, okay, I don't like the marketing. All right. And this is, you know, temporary. One hopes. If this all worked out, meaning the business, if this business all worked out the way I wanted it to, would I stay? Would I keep doing this? And every time my heart would say, yeah, yes, yes. And then I'd get very excited about the promise of what was to come. And I would, I would look at the knowledge that others had made it. Because if others have made it, aren't they the proof that you too can make it? I would, I would use that to buoy me up. So when you ask yourself the question, you know, if this shifted, if this worked out the way I would want it to, would I stay in this? If you ask that question, quit when the answer is no. Here's another one. Quit whenever the act of staying is not tied to your personal purpose in the world. Particularly for coaches, this is important. Coaching is purpose-driven work. I'm using a lot of coaching examples because there were a lot of the ones I could think of when I was thinking of all the people I've talked to about this. But to step away from building your purpose-driven work in the world in favor of comfort or safety, it's a step backwards, not forwards in your personal evolution. I, I often see coaches make having a coaching practice into this either-or equation in the earliest, hardest years. They say, well, I had to quit because I had to get a job and pay the bills and coaching wasn't bringing in enough money. And that's where I go, I think that's a step backwards because come on now. I mean, let's be real. It's, it's not a choice between salary job or side hustle as a coach. Having a coaching business on the side can keep you tied to your personal purpose, even as you have a salary job. Marriage. I mean, you know, if there's some way in which you feel that your marriage is tied to your personal purpose in the world, who you want to be and how you want to live, then dig in deeper and quit if you are like, yeah, this is so divorced from who I know I am that a divorce is the next step for me. It's part of my personal evolution. Here's another one, and this is a good thing to think about with quitting. Uh, quit whenever staying is not tied to your ability to feed and house yourself and your family. And with this, I'm thinking of extraneous things like the PTA meetings. Quit whenever staying is not tied to your ability to feed and house yourself and your families. PTA meetings are not tied to that. So if you are trying to get your business up off the ground, or you feel like you have a novel in you that you've always wanted to write, or it's been in you for a long time that you want to take charge of your health and you want to make more time for exercise, yet you're going to the PTA meetings and you don't feel like you have enough time to devote to your business or any of that other stuff, why in the world are you volunteering at your kid's school? Volunteering in this way might be a worthy endeavor. It might be aligned with your values. It might be a, a really wonderful, it, it's not a might be, it is. It's a totally wonderful and generous thing to do. But if it's not tied to feeding and housing you and your family, and you need that time for something else? 
then you need to quit the stuff that's not tied to your ability to feed and house yourself and your family and put it towards this higher, more aligned priority. You are the one in these scenarios, by the way, making the choice to put your time into something that is not in service to your greater purpose. So those late nights on Pinterest or the endless conversations with the drama-prone friend to hear about her latest catastrophe, binge-watching a television series, these are all things that need that, that hard but necessary look. Take responsibility for quitting. When you are fully in choice about quitting and it is not tied to your survival, Make a choice in the name of your higher priority. All right, here's another one. Quit when you are confident that you know your own fear patterns and that you aren't running them. If you don't know your fear patterns, strongly suggest you check out either my book, The Courage Habit, where I talk about those fear patterns. I define them. I, I tell you, here, here's what they'll sound like. Here's how they'll show up. And you might also consider the Courageous Living Program, which is a 90-day course where you really do a deep dive into these fear patterns and you get a bunch of interviews with experts on courage and stepping into more of who you are and worksheets. If you are a worksheet fanatic, you're going to love the Courageous Living Program. Um, knowing what your fear patterns are is important because if you don't know what your fear patterns are, you run them on autopilot without realizing it. If you are running a fear pattern on autopilot without realizing it, you're likely considering quitting because of fear. Quitting because of fear doesn't get you anywhere. So if you have a fear pattern and your predominant pattern is self-sabotage and you don't realize that you're running that fear pattern of self-sabotage, of course your fear is going to tell you, you know, you should quit. There's no point. And that won't get you anywhere. The pattern will play itself out again. And last, but not least, I, I really saved the best for last, in fact. Here's perhaps the most important thing <laughs> I've come to understand about quitting. It felt like this huge aha when I realized it. When the choice to quit is truly an aligned choice, the act of quitting itself will feel aligned. Boom, mic drop, let me say that again. When the choice to quit is truly an aligned choice, the act of quitting will feel aligned. When I realized this, I was like, oh my God, that's so true. So in other words, if you are contemplating quitting and it feels like drama, like this big deal, like, oh my God, what would they think of me? Or like your internalized critic is going to beat up on you for being such a quitter. Or there's all this like, I don't know, should I quit? Will I regret it? Da, da, da. Then there's probably still some internal work to do. There's, I mean, you could quit, right? Even if that's coming up for you. But what I'm saying is that if all that stuff is still stirring around for you, you probably need to use that stuff coming up for you as your personal work and not quit just yet and try to understand all that stuff that's coming up for you. 
Because what I've come to realize is that when you're really ready to quit something that truly isn't meant for you, and the situation has taught you all that it has to teach you, you'll be stepping into more alignment, which means that in the act of quitting, you will actually feel aligned. So again, when you are meant to quit something, you are stepping into more alignment. And as a result, you actually feel more aligned. This won't mean that quitting will be without consequence or difficulty. Quitting when you are meant to quit might still feel difficult. But nonetheless, you will also have some sense of this undercurrent that it is right. It is aligned. It is the hard but necessary choice. All right. I hope that today's episode gave you some insights into how to know when to quit. I am like redefining myself as a quitter in training. I'd like to quit better. Instead of just quitting, I'd just like to know a little bit more about how to quit better. And I feel like each of these little tidbits point to that. I'd love it if you took a moment just to bop on over to wherever you are listening to this, iTunes or Spotify or wherever, and hit the little rating button and give a quick little rating. Even if you don't have time to type anything out, it's still helpful if you just tap those stars. helps other people find this podcast. If you'd like to do more work with this, head on over to yourcourageouslife.com, learn more about the Courage Habit or the Courageous Living Program. Thanks for listening.